0: This is a relay project. Real talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson.
1: On this March 8th morning, or afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're catching the show, we thank you for being here. Real Talk special edition today, it's International Women's Day, and we bring you back-to-back Real Talk roundtables here in studio as we kickstart some of the conversations that we know need to be happening, some of the conversations already happening that maybe we can dig a little bit deeper into Of course, there's a lot of ground to cover when you talk about International Women's Day. I I saw someone wondering aloud this morning on their social media platform. Do I say happy International Women's Day? We're going to ask our leadoff panel in just a second, and I know that their message will move you. If you're watching us live on YouTube right now, you can see the theme that's, that's been put out, that's being amplified by the United Nations today is Digital. For International Women's Day, join United Nations women, United Nations, generally speaking, in celebrating under the theme digital. We're talking about innovation and technology for gender equality. We're going to feature in about a half hour from now an aviation roundtable, women in aviation. And I know that the stories are going to inspire you, but we're also going to talk about some of the work that's, quite frankly, not being done. This not being accomplished. What still needs to happen But we lead off today with, I think, a wake-up call for a lot of people in the country, including right here in Alberta. There's been a lot of talk about a $68 billion provincial budget. Finance Minister Travis Taves released it last week. A lot of talk about spending, a lot of talk about big increases ahead of an election coming up at the end of May. Post-secondary institutions, some of them anyway, are seeing big bumps up, big bumps up in healthcare, but there are some pretty big files that... Did not see increases. And when you wrap inflation and increased need into the mix, they're actually struggling to provide the services. This year Like they have in years past Joining us live in studio It's my pleasure to welcome Former mayor of Edmonton She's now the executive director Of the Alberta Council of Women's Shelters Jan Reimer It's nice to see you again Thanks for making time for us Jan
2: Great to be here And thanks for having
3: us Of
1: course uh, Marla Pelser is here uh, With the Jessica Martell Memorial Foundation Marla, welcome to Real Talk
2: Thank you, good morning And
1: a longtime friend of mine uh, She's also a domestic violence survivor Candice Ryan can I say, uh, when we started talking about putting this panel together, I had a moment where uh, my heart stopped beating in my chest for a second Aww. because you and I have known each other through the entertainment industry yeah. for, for probably a decade. Yeah,
4: definitely a decade. Uh,
1: people have seen you singing all over the place, including the national anthem uh, before many National Hockey League games and and so many other uh, performance venues I had no idea about some of the things that were happening uh, with you and to you behind the scenes.
4: Yeah, not a lot of people did. I mean, I didn't uh, broadcast abuse. And that's something that needs to be talked about a lot more is the stigma behind it, the taboo subjects, that how many people are going through it. And I just want to raise awareness that, you know, just because somebody has a smile on their face out in public doesn't mean that they are hurting Mm. behind closed doors well
1: i'm so grateful it shows a great deal of courage um, for you to be in here talking about this and talking about your personal story and and i'm really thankful that you're here And on behalf of the audience thanks for being oh, here
5: thanks for having uh,
1: us we're gonna get into it in in a second and and we're gonna be touching on this from a number of different angles but jan let me ask you uh the question that i saw a friend asking aloud on twitter today do i say happy international women's day
3: Why not? I mean, let's (laughs) celebrate being women. And uh, some places in the world, they actually have a public holiday. So uh, it's a good thing to celebrate. But it's also time to pause. And it's to actually do what you just did, Ryan. And that's to honor the courage of survivors who have, you know, had that courage to uh, address domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Uh, What we know is everybody knows somebody, they just may not know of it. And uh, I think your story really reflects uh, reflects that. And so we really want to honor the courage of women who have who are living that, and also those women who uh, you know are living with the fallout of that really for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And we also want to honor people like Marla who is on the front line in women shelters, and all the women shelters w- work for the very you know they're doing such amazing work and often are not recognized. So let's celebrate the work that they do and the courage that they show.
1: Well, we we endeavor every single day to learn something on this show. We, we we hope to amplify stories that need to be amplified to understand more about the stories that we're seeing around us. And, and Jan, in just a second, I, I know that you're expecting this. I want to get a little bit political with you. That's part of your job. That's part of your role. There seems to be a bit of a standoff right now with the provincial government and a lot of the social services. And I want to ask you to comment on that. But but Marles mentioned uh, you're here on, on behalf of your leadership role at the Jessica Martel Memorial Foundation. Jessica's name will resonate with many people, but maybe not. At all for for those that that didn't know Jessica Martel can you tell us her story
2: I sure can so Jessica was a young uh, mother who was murdered in 2009 um, by her intimate partner um in front of their three children uh, Jessica um you know died I mean she was murdered on the day that she was trying to leave so you know when women are fleeing abuse or when people are fleeing abuse they're definitely at a higher risk of Um, Increased violence and homicide, and in Jessica's case, you know, she was murdered. So um, that's how the Jessica Martel Memorial Foundation came to be. Uh, You know, obviously, it was a very traumatic experience for um, her family and the community as a whole. And uh, so her mother, uh, Lynn Rosichuk, and her family uh, started the foundation in 2012, Um, to honor Jessica's life and I mean really to honor her children's life as well Um, and uh, yeah and so in 2020 we opened Jesse's house or one of the newer shelters uh, in Alberta and that's how we're here
1: so you're you're operating uh, Jesse's house Um, I want to show people most people hear this on the podcast so we'll describe what happens Um, but I want to show people what happens when someone's searching uh, for the Jessica Martel Memorial Foundation I think this says a lot this, you know exactly what I'm about to say. If people go to Jessica Martell Memorial Foundation uh, they're greeted with, with some resources here. The one eight six six number for the crisis or helpline. That's one eight six six nine three nine twenty eight fifty. By the way, uh, you say until all homes are safe, there's Jesse's house. If you're navigating domestic violence, we can support you. And then at the bottom of the page, there's this big red button that says exit site. And when I click on that, it immediately takes me to Google, and there's no back arrow. It doesn't show where I was before. Let's not assume that this is obvious. Why this is necessary?
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, we definitely have to put those safety measures in in place. Um, so, if someone you know does look us up, we definitely don't want um, you know an abuser. If they're walking into the room, we definitely don't want somebody to. You know, notice what someone's doing on the computer. So that's why we have that safety feature in place. And then obviously, we don't want you to be able to search, do a history search on what's been looked at. So, I mean, that is to protect uh, women's safety.
1: So there's there's things that we won't talk about, like the location of the house and some of the identifying details. But what can you tell us about the need right now, about the number of people that are utilizing the services right now, and maybe what you're looking at or forecasting over the next while?
2: For sure. Um, so I can say that. So the the found uh, sorry, um, Jesse's house is in uh, rural Alberta, so we're located uh, about 20 minutes outside of Edmonton. Um, and I mean, even being in a rural Alberta, we're, we're definitely busy. So in 2021, uh, we had 249 people come into Jesse's house and in 2022, that number went up to 410, um, right. So yeah, (laughs) it's quite shocking, uh, you know, and that includes 212, um, adults and 198 children, Um, We are an all-gender shelter, so we also support men, and in that number includes 24 men and their children. Hmm. Um, And then we also support, uh, you know, uh, gender-diverse individuals, so that includes 11 people who I identify as transgender. So that's just coming into the shelter. Uh, In terms of our crisis uh, and intake line, uh, we answered 2,094 calls. Um, so we're quite busy on the phone as well. And, and sometimes that's people just reaching out for help, trying to understand, you know, their situation, um, you know, not everybody is looking to come into shelter right away Mm -hmm. or whatever. So, I mean, that is just general support.
1: But that's like 2,100 calls a year. Yeah. So that's like seven pretty serious phone calls a day. It's about a a phone call an hour. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think it, when we did the stats, I think it equaled to like 28 minutes on the phone or something wow. so it's quite a lot and we operate 24 hours a day so I mean that's all day right um and then included in that um you know our numbers are 1285 adults and uh 1011 children were turned away so we wow. had about yeah which is really high so we had about 90 percent um, you know, average occupancy throughout the year, which is really, really quite high. And I mean, sometimes we have to close a bedroom cause it needs to be repaired or, um, you know, my, we might have really high needs in the shelter, but I mean, as a whole, we were full pretty much all year. And just
1: to put this into perspective or to say something that's obvious, people being turned away from mm-hmm. an emergency shelter type situation, uh, I mean, could be in worst case scenario in, in a Jessica Martell type scenario. Yeah. Uh, I'm stopping myself from saying a death sentence. It just, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of say that, but that's what happened.
2: That's reality. Uh, you want mean, to, that's that reality is
1: check, isn't it? Yeah,
2: it yeah. is. We were actually talking, um, Jan and I and Candice were talking the other day. And uh, one of the, the things that came up was, you know, think if you think of us as, you know, you go to a hospital emergency room you know, you're, you're sitting in a waiting room and you're waiting to be triaged. Yeah. Right. And you're, you are somewhere safe and you know, at some point you're going to get help and we don't have waiting rooms. Right. So it's extremely difficult to, um, you know, answer those calls and know people need help and, we can't help them. And I think I could probably open it up to Candice well, on I was gonna what say, that would yeah. be I mean, like. Candice, for... your facial
1: expressions, is that this uh, is like you're obviously connecting you know, with this. You've walked miles in these shoes.
4: I thought because I wasn't being physically hit that yeah. that was not abuse. Yeah. Mm. Whereas like my home, I'd come home from a gig and there would be a window broken or, you know, there'd be pots and pans all over the floor. The whole entire living room was destroyed. I was terrified that my dog was, you know, walking around on broken glass. And I was so afraid to go out and and take like gigs away from home because I knew if I was gone for two days, I didn't know what I was coming home to. And I thought that because I wasn't being physically abused, That wasn't warrant enough to call the women's shelter. I didn't know that. I'd, Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd ask for help from, or I'd consult in situations where I knew that you know, if I you know, well, my friend had you know, situation like the what would you do, but I yeah, I never, I never for once thought that my situation was out of my control, and I knew that maybe one day if I did have to call the police, that would be it, and unfortunately, it took four years of going through all of that continuous uh stress and and of, of abuse and violence and punches in the walls like the amount of holes that had to be repaired in our home uh the day I did call the police and and that was the day that I knew that like this is it I am I'm, I'm now fearing for my life my mm-hmm. daughter's safety I had to call in reinforcements and that was uh, like a span of two and a half weeks from the time that I called the police to the time that he hung himself in our garage. And he left it on my voicemail, which I found four days after. He left the, the incident. He left, he left it me. on, like not only did I have a, uh, a goodbye text message, it was left in his... Uh, hotmail like in his email it was there was a draft there it was in a note in his pocket uh like everything was so planned out and then because I didn't answer that text he called me four minutes later and uh and left a a voicemail it's
2: awful I think that's I just want to highlight I mean that's really one of the misconceptions of um you know abuse is that people often think that it is physical but that's not I mean there's emotional control there's you know um verbal abuse there's financial financial control you know there are those um like you were saying with your dog like you know pet abuse I mean that's a form of abuse and those all hold people um you know staying there because they do think that they're like oh this is you know kind of normal or I'm not really like something feels really super icky but it's not that bad, but you I know. love no, him. Yeah, right. And well, those and are so those good, cycles, those 60% right? sixty percent of phase. the time. Yes, yeah. And we hear that all the time. Is and I mean, there. I think that's the thing. Is there is love there? Like that is, um, you know, what people don't understand is there is love there. And mm-hmm. you know, you did. I'm mm-hmm. sure you did love your partner even in those really horrible moments. And. Um, you know, I, I that's what makes it so difficult. And then you're like, oh, this is really horrible. And then it gets really good for a while. And you're like, oh, you know, it's it's fine. It's no big deal.
4: I, I'd never heard of an like I've heard of alcoholism like in TV yeah. shows and movies. But I didn't realize until I was three months pregnant when he told me that he was an alcoholic. So I didn't understand that there's childhood trauma. Uh, there's past traumas. There's stuff that you know you can't deal with on your own, and I'm very vocal about it with my daughter. My daughter's now seven and a half which makes us feel really old. I can't believe our children are so old, Ryan.
1: Like, come on. <laughs> hey, I, I got a 9-month-old. Speak for yeah, yourself. I, it gets <laughs> worse.
6: <laughs> I hope
1: I can still pick him up in a few
6: years.
1: Can I like this is this is the and by the way, uh, this is people get some insight into our friendship because here we are talking about the most serious things and and also like laughing and I guess mm-hmm. it's just it, isn't it this is real. Life And yeah. I just, I, I told you before the show, I said, I'm exemplifying like every stereotype. When I greeted you at the door this morning and I'm like, Candace, I had no idea. Like I saw you know, and and, and you're kind of like, nobody did. My best friends did. And, and yet here you are, you're this electric force. You know, you, you walk into a building, you get 18,000 people singing in national land. Like here you are, you know, and and it just like, how do, how do you, I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of people can put up big, strong, brave fronts. Um, now though, I mean, you at a point where, where there's some stability, where you feel more healthy and, and, and how did you get to that point? Let's talk about some of the resources that were available. Did you encounter challenges tapping into those resources?
4: Oh, you know, and I was, I was working like a regular day job at that, like through all of this. And it was kind of weird. Like when I started, um, there was a situation where I had to go to my boss and I was like, okay, uh, I think my, my partner is, is choose like wants to, unalive himself, uh, I need help, I don't know what to do. So they were really great about that whole situation. And then the day that I knew that he was in my garage, like there was just like, the whole day is just like, I could ha- I could have a, an entire podcast show about that day. It's So it was just so much involved. And um yeah, it's, uh, but my, my employers were great. Like I was in a, a working union and they were like, okay, well, you know, when you're ready, you can take time off. And, and it took, because it happened on, so October 28th was my birthday. The day after I'd called the police and then he died on November 18th. So that whole entire span of time. But I didn't call my boss and to be like, okay, I don't know how to make food. I don't know how to stand up. I can't stop crying. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. She's like, I'm surprised it took you this long to come to me. And I'm like, oh, gosh, like, what do I do? So she's like, immediately, just go to your doctor, get a note. And it took like one sentence for my doctor to be like, and you're off work. Okay. Yeah. So they were really good. And I was just very grateful that I had the support. And I went through trauma therapy. I did something called EMDR, which really helped uh kind of just Tap into past traumas and then current traumas. And so I did that for six months.
1: This is that like series of lights that blink with your eye. Is that the, that sort of like electric therapy? Is that what EMDR is? No, Wouldn't
4: that be great? Like, no, shock what is therapy? it? What is EMDR? No. <laughs> uh, EMDR is kind of, I can't even call, call it like a hypnosis, but it's like eye rapid movements. Yeah yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So they like have like a point where you just kind of like watch like a ticking talk, like yeah. uh, with your hand. And it's almost like a, like, I want, I want, I want to say hypnosis but it's not it's just like hearing
1: people talk about this
4: i think everybody should do it i think everyone should just go through like a six month of therapy just to kind of tap into things that they don't really realize have affected them through their childhood because we've all lived i don't know a single person who hasn't like had some form of childhood trauma that has affected them in a way that makes them struggle as an adult
1: Mm. jan so this is this is like A success story Mm -hmm. generally is not not that you have not had your challenges (laughs) but you're here yeah you're here Mm -hmm. it's it's, uh, how how common are the success stories and and how common here here we hear stories of of 1200 people plus plus their children 1200 adults plus their children being turned away yeah and
3: just think about that this is one shelter there are over 50 in alberta and they are really struggling right now in terms of lack of funding and lack of capacity at the same time i think what gives uh shelter staff strength is seeing these successes because Mm -hmm. they have great successes they have wonderful outcomes Mm -hmm. uh, with the women that they're working with and particularly with the children Like we know um, if you're working with mom and child together in the shelter with a good children's program, just think of the trauma you can prevent for that child for the rest of their life to build that resiliency. We know it works, but we can't get the funding uh, to provide all the supports that we need. Um, you know, certainly shelters try to support women when they can't come in, but there's also a limit. You've only got so many staff and, you know, you can you can hear in the voices of some of the staff just how challenging it is, how heart wrenching it is to have someone on the phone and you can't take them in that day. No. Um, and really, and then, you know, There's been suggestions, well, just put them up at a hotel. But can you imagine being in that situation all alone, by yourself, without the safety that you need in a hotel? And how are you going to pay for it? Because quite frankly, sometimes income support isn't that responsive uh, to meeting those needs. And uh, we see that quite often with women. So we just really need to have, uh, you know, we were so excited when we saw the minister's mandate letter come out with this government because it talked about working with the social service sector to address workforce challenges. We thought, wow, this is really going to see a movement of the needle. But we got totally bypassed on this road to recovery. Uh, We haven't got a a cent more uh, than what shelters have had in previous years. And when you go back, it goes back all the way to twenty fourteen. Did you not get a
1: cent more because you already just had so much funding, Jan, that you just didn't know what to do with it? Oh, um,
4: (laughs) it's coming out (laughs) years. (laughs)
3: If you you look at it every year for the last nine years, it's in essence a two and a half percent cut because of inflation. If you average inflation overall, we've had no inflationary increases, no increases in operating costs. One thing government doesn't realize too is we feed women and kids. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine Budget. like we've got 7,000 women in shelter how many do you have in, in a shelter any one day
2: well any given time anywhere from 20 to 30 okay, 35 so you're, <laughs>
3: yeah so you're, you're feeding 25 35 yeah. uh, individuals every day on your grocery budget yeah. that was developed back in 2014 yeah
2: our mm-hmm. grocery budget for 2022 is like $57,000 and I mean we get like on top of that we get Food donations, like we have partnerships with like Sobies and HelloFresh, where we get free food or not free food, but they donate to us. Um, And I mean, we're still paying fifty seven thousand dollars on groceries, and I mean, that's healthy food. We want people to, of course, have you know nutritious meals and feel and feed people really well. And I mean, we have. Um, You know, a lot of our people that come into shelter have experienced homelessness or, um, you know, so they're like they're hungry.
3: (laughs) And we also see shelter work really aligns with some of the things that government is trying to do, like one of the Pathways to homelessness for women is abuse. Like almost yeah. every woman who is yeah. homeless is there because of abuse yes. in her life. Maybe not immediate, but over time. Uh, you know, it's a, tur- it's a common theme. It's common theme. Addictions, mental mm-hmm. health. Again, mm-hmm. you know, domestic violence. A major pathway to take you there if you don't get the help you need. Shelters provide that help. Uh, one of our members thanks to funding from the city of Edmonton has a um, nurse practitioner on staff. And, you know, they've been able to have, um, you know, recovery oriented programs, being able to, you know, uh, make sure women stay, um, you know, off drugs. And they've been able to uh, prevent visits to the emergency room Mm -hmm. because they're able to help on site. So these are all saving government money. And I don't think it's recognized either that if you invest properly in women's shelters, you're going to save not just a lot of lives from you know challenges and additional trauma you're going to save money too, Mm -hmm. the courts the police um your income support your child welfare you know your hospitalizations your dental costs all of that um if you uh work with um women shelters and work with their staff to provide appropriate support so what do you think is going
1: on like i saw i i saw this morning um the sexual assault center of edmonton as an example from their twitter account like they're They're throwing down with the provincial government, like they're pissed off. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're calling out the minister. They're they're like they're rattling their sabers. Like it's just a it's a it's a it's an interesting time to look around and see big double digit percentage increases in a lot of files with a huge surplus budget, and yet at the same time, uh, sexual assault resources, domestic violence resources are not receiving the funding that they say that they desperately need that arguably they've needed more than ever so so can i ask you in candid terms like in laypersons real people not politicians not executive directors speak like how real people talk to each other what do you think's going on
3: well i don't know if i really understand what domestic violence shelters do quite frankly Um, And haven't taken the time uh, because they've got lots on their plate. There's no question about it. To really understand what we do. We too have been asking to meet with the various ministers and uh, we've been asking since um, the the, uh, mandate letters came out last fall. We have our first meeting next week. Um, it's after the budget. So we really want to have an opportunity to you know, to let the elected officials know what shelters do, the impact they have on their lives. And I think that they haven't had the chance to really talk one-on-one to shelter staff um, and uh, haven't understood even how the budget got to where it is because there's no increase. And they're thinking there's an increase, but there is no. not one of our members got an increase in their contracts are exactly the same as last year as they were the year before. As they were the here before.
2: It's
4: not like cost of living
2: hasn't <laughs> gone up at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. You know? Yeah. One of the highest inflation rates since since the eighties, but you know, here here we
3: are. <laughs> yeah, I saw,
1: I saw a news story the other day that says inflation is expected to drop to 7%. And you thought drop to 7%. Yeah. I mean, usually people look yeah. at two, two and, and a half. And
3: that's why we're said to government, give us, you know, an inflationary adjustment since the last increase, because inflation keeps going up. So if we say, okay, it equates to, you know, X dollars today, we know six months down the road, it's even going to be more. Sure. So the longer they wait, the, you know, the more challenges there are for shelters in terms of their purchasing power, the harder mm-hmm. it is to retain staff. We're seeing we've had unprecedented staff turnover because of low wages and it's a stressful job. Like it's 24-7 shift work. Um, And we're seeing increased complexity, increased needs. Mm -hmm. Um, Their work is, uh, and and you don't just go to school to learn how to be a shelter worker. Some, uh, like even if you're a social worker or a psychologist today, uh, not that we can afford to hire them that -hmm. often, but you don't have to take one course in understanding violence against women and girls. Yet it is a major social issue and it's hidden. Um, so we really need to get people talking about it, understanding it, understanding the impact and that every one of us can make a difference if they want to act and choose to act.
1: Um, uh, this is uh, obviously such an important conversation. I'm so grateful that the three of you have been here. I want to give each of you an opportunity before we wrap, before we thank you for your time to, to, to make sure we don't miss anything. Kind of give us a, a final thought. Um, but Candice, in particular, uh, you know, you never know who's going to hear this. And, and and I I suspect, and I have reason to believe that uh, your message will land with at least one person who desperately needed to hear it today. Uh, what's your message to that person?
4: Oh, there's, it's it does get better. Everything can get better. You just have to make sure that you ask for help. Help is out there. Um, violence and. Domestic situations happen all the time, and I think we just have to start with an education to our younger people and understanding what those are and not and knowing what abuse is and the different forms. And I, I think the, the education needs to come a lot sooner in our lives because it just being treated like garbage from people is so prevalent these days. It just happens all the time, and we just need to know that. There is help out there, Marla. Yeah, for sure. I that I, I I don't know. This
2: is just really beautiful. Like I I you know Jan has some really great points, and for me, it's a, an honor to sit and listen to Candace too. I mean, we see it every day in the shelter, and I, you know, I I think to and I mean, not even just in the shelter, in the community too. We do lots of outreach. We do we do those prevention pieces, and you know, some sometimes we get to people. Before the abuse occurs, sometimes we get to people when it's happened one time, sometimes it's been going on for, you know, 20 years and makes it even harder to break that cycle. And um, I I think women and and people experiencing abuse that do leave it, like there's so much courage there and, you know, they're really strong. And I mean, these are people that want to be thriving um, community members and, you know these are people that want to get in back into the workforce like they might take breaks in working and one of the forms of control is you know not allowed allowing people to leave the house like we've had people come into the shelter that are so isolated that they actually haven't even left the house or they haven't gone grocery shopping they come to us with no bank account they've never had a bank account yeah. like that is the level of control so you're literally like you're starting a whole life and it really without the work of shelter, some of those people wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to leave. Like we help with all of those people, pieces, helping them, you know, get back on their feet and getting an income, going back to school, supporting the kids. Um, our work is important and, and it's, we're saving lives. We're, we're saving lives, like bottom line, we're saving lives. And I just, I, I hope a lot of people, you know, or listen to us and I encourage people to reach out you know, to their MLA or even reach out to us and express concern um as make a community. noise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, people people mean, are gonna have
1: political candidates knocking on their door yeah, multiple times yeah. over the next few months. Yeah,
2: and and domestic it affects all of us. Like one in three people experience domestic violence. Like that's one in three. Well there's one, two, three, four of us yeah. here and here here's yeah. Candace here. So those yeah. numbers are high and it impacts kids in school and it impacts, you know, teachers and it impacts our healthcare system and employers. And it is it it is it's a huge issue. It's a huge, huge problem. This is
1: not taking away or not intended to no. take away from any of the adults that experience domestic violence, For but sure. I think of the kids. I yeah. think of the kids that grow up yeah. and this is what they know. This yeah. is what they understand. I had, understand a, I had about a phrase me. that I
4: used the other day was I'm comfortable in chaos. And that's yeah. why I've been in so many abusive relationships yeah. in my life. Is I'm just mm-hmm. so comfortable in chaos and yeah. awful. Yeah. And
2: yeah, and, and I mean, with the I just want to highlight with the kids too. Is you know it, that it's normal to them, right? And and so it's so important for people to reach out and get help, so that we can you know, like some of the things that we do with kids is educating them on, you know what, that's not okay. Like we've had kids come into shelter and, you know, they they're they they have behavioral issues and they're like, what do you mean you're not gonna hit me? And why are people not yelling and screaming? And this is not normal. And it takes them like from the time that they come in to shelter and usually people are with us for about 30 days to the time that they leave, the transformation is one of the most beautiful things that i've seen and it's like i like i could i've cried so many times when kids leave cuz i'm like we just saved that kid's life
3: yeah
1: um, there's there's a great question here. And Jan, I wanted to sort of touch on this because there's two there's. Well, there's uh, this is a multi-pronged conversation, obviously, but there's funding and there's the the shelter conversation. And a lot of times these are you know not exclusively, but often emergency shelters. And then there's the longer term supports. And then there's the whole reason why these are necessary in the first place. Mm. Right. I mean, Tracy asks the question in our YouTube live chat, like, what are we doing to address the root causes of domestic violence? Mm.
3: Well, the root cause is misogyny right patriarchy words yes. mm-hmm. that people feel uncomfortable yep, with for yep. um, and how women's issues are minimized um but like candace's story about the workplace like we are working with workplaces at the alberta council of women shelters to educate workplaces on how to address domestic violence when you see it in the workplace she was fortunate she had someone who knew exactly you know what to do in terms of addressing her needs but there's a many employers out there, women get fired because their abusers are phoning them at the workplace and interrupting them as a method of power and control. So we're reaching out to try to address that. We've been very fortunate at ACWS. We've been working with the Alberta Junior Hockey Leagues across Alberta. They mm-hmm. stepped up to the bar. Really? And yes, wow. we've been going out into walk- locker rooms across the province mm-hmm. and talking about gender-based violence and the role they can play and recognizing what that is. And you know, we're really, really excited about doing that. Um, so there's lots of things that we're also doing. Like I think people don't recognize women shelters also do prevention work and so when we looked at this last round of funding for instance they gave some funding to family violence prevention workers but those aren't necessarily workers in shelter Uh, shelters have Mm -hmm. their outreach workers who do exactly the same thing but they didn't get an increase Mm. Um, so it really has uh, you know created some challenges there but there's lots we could do around prevention and i think it's also asking people to stand up just as marlis just said like please let you know your mla no matter what Mm -hmm. political party uh let them know that you're standing with women shelters that women shelters also need to be part of the recovery that they can't continue to operate uh with the lack of funding that they've been experiencing almost now for a decade and Frankly, back then, uh, it wasn't uh, what they needed either. <laughs> so, I mean, you're, you're asking an increase for something already that you know, wasn't enough uh, to really pay all of the bills. But Not we also sure. want government uh, to work with us uh, to look at what is a realistic way of funding shelters, of staffing shelters. Their staffing model was goes back to the last century, really has it been updated we know a lot more than we did in the 80s and 90s around domestic violence yeah so we need you, people to work with us on this
1: have you met with government to discuss your concerns
3: we've provided briefs we haven't been able to meet with ministers we started with the red tape reduction we had a task force then but COVID hit and okay. then a lot of that red tape kind of just frittered out for us i mean shelters have a a schedule they have to fill out, which is 401 lines on an Excel spreadsheet. Lots right. of fun, right. you know, um, and as to your audited costs. But yes, we've, we've made these points over many years. Um, and so it's sort of like that waiting room idea. You're always having to yeah. wait. It's never. We're not big enough, right? Uh, we're a rel- relatively small part of the ministry, uh, probably a rounding error for sub departments' budgets. Um, but we have a significant need and they do amazing work.
2: Yeah, and I I think, I mean, you were saying, Jan, like our staffing model and and, and the funding that we've been receiving uh, to operate a shelter hasn't changed, but yet the community has changed in post-pandemic. Like I just, you know, I I gave you my numbers from 2021 to 2022, and those are keeping, like they're going to continue to grow. So we want to keep helping people and we know post-pandemic you know there's lots of challenges in the community and I think that that's just you know they need to step up like we people have to step up
1: that's uh marla Pelser that you're hearing uh in leadership at the jessica martell memorial foundation uh, jan reimer also joining us in studio she's the former edmonton mayor and the executive director of the alberta council of women's shelters and my friend and my new hero Aww. uh candace ryan um i just feel like i just can't even explain uh just how proud i am of you and, and how much it means to have you, you here today and how and how grateful i am that you're here today oh, thank you so much. Uh, i just i feel i feel Stupid that I didn't know. Honestly, to if you want me to use real no, words, no, yeah, you can use no, real but words. it's just, or- I just, it's just, it's so good to reconnect with you, and I'm, and I'm so. Proud of you for this advocacy. Thank you. And uh, and I'm grateful that the three of you joined us here on International Women's Day right here on Real Talk. Thanks, Ryan. Real Thank Talkers, you me. can let us know how this conversation is landing with you. Again, you can check out the Alberta Council of Women's Shelters at acws.ca. We'll also have links to the Jessica Martell Memorial Foundation in the show notes on YouTube and on the podcast. And of course, uh, to find a women's shelter in the province of Alberta, uh, the call is confidential and toll-free at one 866 and we'll have that information in the show notes as well this conversation is presented by our friends at urban timber every week they're presenting a real talk round table today it's back to back in just a second we're going to talk about women in aviation urban timber reclaimed what is a family-owned business uh, designing some of the most breathtaking tables mantles shelves, wall paneling, Flooring that you've ever seen. You can check it out online on their website, urbantimber.ca or go check out their beautiful, brand new West Edmonton studio, including their boxcar collection. This is wood that's been reclaimed from rail cars. Those that traveled millions of miles across North America. The character comes from the wear and tear of cargo and freight being dragged across the floor. There's nothing like an end table, a dining room table, a boardroom table from the Urban Timber boxcar collection. Again, you can check it out at urbantimber.ca. If this is the time of year where you're looking for a, a change uh, in when it comes to your career, when it comes to your education, maybe you're looking to shake things up, open new doors. Why not check out Canada's open university? That's Athabasca University at AthabascaU.ca. Maybe it's a new career in AI or HR. Maybe you're looking to do research into the sciences. Uh, maybe it's that draw of nursing. You know that there are more nursing grads from Athabasca U than any other university in canada an unbelievable faculty there you can learn more about applying and of course working at your own pace by checking them out online today at AthabascaU.ca. the family-owned team at grand dog essentials has a new special on quality raw dog food for the month of march the doggy moggy chicken raw food the 40 pound box is on sale for $73.50 for a 40-pound box. That's about 20% off. You want to use the discount code March 2023 at checkout to receive your savings. Uh, What can I tell you? What would be more of a powerful endorsement than letting you know that our dogs, Moses and Monroe, eat Grand Dog Essentials Quality Raw Food. We've seen the health benefits. Heck, we've even seen the aesthetic benefits. Monroe's coach, she's a absolute scene stealer you can buy some today then at the end of the month if you want to fill your freezer a minimum $50 order to have it delivered to your door in Edmonton Calgary in central Alberta again the promo code March 2023 at granddog.ca now feeding the humans in your house why not check out Freezing Brothers in 16 different Alberta locations for more than 65 years Freezing Brothers has been Alberta grown and Alberta owned Their hot cross buns are back, available right up until Easter. These are the famous Friesen Brothers... Hot cross buns baked fresh every single day by their real sourdough bakers using 100% Alberta flour. And of course, they include a little bit of Charlie. That's the mother dough. Charlie, the sourdough starter, famous in Friesen Brothers circles. You can check out their flyers, including the Family Essentials flyer, online at Friesen.com. That's F-R-E-S-O-N.com. Hey, we're looking to save you money all the time. We want there to be all kinds of benefits for you being a friend of Real Talk. When it comes to what you're paying for utilities, I implore you to take two seconds today and check out parkpower.ca. Uh, right now, I I want to focus in particular, shine the light. We're spending a lot of time talking about community involvement and commitment today, about making a difference. Park Power is set apart from all the other utilities companies because of their community partner program. That means 10% of their electricity profits go to deserving charities in the province of Alberta. Even cooler, you get to pick from a big, long list which charity you want to support when you bring your business to park power how cool is that nobody else does this you can also learn more about their solar club programs if you've got solar on your property you're going to want to take your business to park power the promo code realtalk23 can save you up to $150 off your first bill at parkpower.ca And speaking of solar panels, if you're flirting with the idea, maybe this spring of going green, of introducing more sustainability into your energy supply, You have to check out kubienergy.ca. On their blog, you can learn more about this $40,000 Canada Greener Homes loan. This is an interest-free loan. You can take up to 10 years to pay it back. This is allowing Canadians, including right here in Alberta and BC, where Kubi's doing a lot of work, to go green sooner than you may have been able to. The coolest part, Kuby does all the paperwork for you. You can learn more today by getting your free quote online at kubienergy.com. As mentioned, the United Nations today is observing International Women's Day with the theme Digital. We're focusing on innovation and tech equity across different industries. Of course, that includes the aviation industry. And what a pleasure to welcome another Real Talk Roundtable presented by Urban Timber, featuring the CEO of Elevate Aviation, Kendra Kincaid, the director of Elevate's Learning Center, Nova Andrews, and a recent graduate from Elevate Aviation, Kasara Nash. Uh, To the three of you, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Uh, In your leadership position, Kendra, in aviation, what does a day like International Women's Day mean to you?
7: Hmm. Good question. First, thanks for having us. Oh, thrilled to have you yeah, here. Yeah, we're really happy to be here. What does it mean to me with the lens of uh International Women's Day? Well, um, it's a tough one because it is a male dominated industry. And so there's a lot of different feelings about International Women's Day, if I'm totally honest. Please be honest. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a bit of uh, you know. Why do we need to celebrate this right up to, yes, let's celebrate the women who are doing amazing things. Um, and, and to me personally, it really does. It means we should celebrate International Women's Day because I think we should highlight the Obviously, I think we should highlight the women that are doing the amazing work um, just showing up inside the aviation industry because aviation needs more people in general. And we need more women, and uh, and just showing off these careers that women are doing, so other people can see them, uh, and and see them, and then they can maybe believe that they can do those jobs as well. Uh, and that's what we really want to do, and that's what we'd like to do on International Women's Day: show off these women that are in aviation. As-
1: all year long. Well, we're going to hear some pretty cool stories here in just a second. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear yours when, when you were like seven years old, uh, laying on your back in in the backyard <laughs> picking dandelions. Were you always looking up when the jets were flying above? Did you always dream of, of having a career in aviation?
7: No, no, actually no? I had never heard of aviation. My first time on an airplane, I was, uh, about 24, I think. And, um, I, when I was 13, I actually ran away from home and then I ended up in the foster care system. And so I I didn't really dream of any career really. And then I ended up meeting someone who was an air traffic controller in Moncton, New Brunswick. And they took me into the center. And I remember the first time I walked in and I was like, (gasps) Oh, what is this place? And I was like, I don't know what they're doing, but I want to do it. And then, and then it was just sort of chasing that dream. And, uh, I, when I was finally accepted in air traffic control, I had my four kids, and I took my four kids down to Cornwall, Ontario, to train. Everybody thought I was like crazy. Maybe they're jerk, maybe they're right. I don't know. But um, and it was it was a long training path, but I finally did it. And now now it's time to get back.
1: Wow, uh-huh. amazing, uh, Nova. How did you get involved in in aviation? Was this something you always dreamed of?
8: Uh, I can't say I've always dreamed of it, but you know we actually do see a number of different pathways that people enter into aviation. And quite often, mine's more the stereotypical one, where I had a grandfather who um, flew. He was in the Air Force. And then my uncle was also a pilot. So when um, a base opened here in Edmonton for an airline my uncle was working for, I entered the industry because I knew about it. I would heard about it. I was felt comfortable about it. So I um, was sort of one of those more stereotypical stories. But awareness, we have found, is one of the biggest issues. Um, we don't see people talk about it we don't see guidance counselors talk about it we don't hear you know students learning about it in school so i think i was one of the lucky ones that had somebody who was um, in my family exposed to it
1: kasara how did you get drawn into you're a recent graduate like you graduated yes. two days before christmas so first <laughs> yeah. of all congratulations
4: thank you
5: yeah
1: what, what drew you to aviation
5: um it's a little bit unique i guess my dad heard i think it was maybe on cbc radio um like something about Elevate. (laughs) And he actually told my mom and he's like, you should do this. And so my mom enrolled and I enrolled. We actually did it together. So through my dad listening to the radio, that's kind of how I found out about it. So you and
1: your mom were studying together?
5: Yeah, we graduated together too.
1: That's incredible. (laughs) Can you tell us about your area of study and what you were preparing to do and ultimately what you'd like to do? I had
5: like absolutely zero idea of any, like I just kind of did it because my parents were like, you should do this. I was like, sure. I had absolutely zero like expectations. And then you always think going in like there's pilot flight attendant and so those are like the two main careers i guess that i thought of exploring and then after going through the program i was like okay a pilot still seems cool so i'll try to get my private pilot license eventually and now i am trying to take more studies to become an aircraft broker
1: what's an aircraft broker (laughs) like selling planes yeah
5: selling planes which is kind (laughs) of crazy like before um aviation i kind of considered real estate and then going through the program i was like, but. Who sells the planes? I was So like, somebody has to sell the planes. And I don't know, it just came together so magically, like going through the program, I was able to find a course. I'm enrolled in the course and like I'm meeting all these aircraft brokers all over the place. And I just I don't even know, how, like where they came from or how they're, they're getting introduced to me. But it just came together just so magically
1: you said you've got a bit of an entrepreneurial bend to you you've got a bit of a you know and i'm sitting here thinking right now i'm like selling i'm not to be tacky but selling (laughs) planes that sounds like you could do pretty well with that um, last i checked i don't think planes are 10 grand but (laughs) yeah so so what's the premise of like when you talk about giving back uh, what's the premise of elevate aviation who are you training Who's coming to the center? What are they learning? Can, can you bring us up to speed?
7: Yeah. So, well, the heart of Elevate Aviation, kind of where it started, was really to help, um, like, from my personal point of view, to help women who'd been in positions like I had. And, you know, let them realize, like, I always say aviation saved my life. And so to do that for other women is what we really want to do in in aviation. Um, and it has grown from this little seed of, like, how can we help other women? um, and give them you know help them be self-sustainable so that they can look after themselves if they want to through aviation So now we have this incredible program like uh, nova always says uh, uh, kindergarten to career so we do kindergarten to career so we have programs uh, for the young kids uh, through the the, through the teachers Um, they can do it online or we can send people in all across country we have volunteers all across country Uh, we have a one-week program where we bring kids in from grade six to grade 12 for a whole week behind the scenes of aviation. Like Canadian North turns their 737 into an escape room. So they get to go and do that, they get to play with drones, they get to just explore all over. Um, And then from there we have our nine week program where we have um, uh, women like you (laughs) come in. (laughs) And uh, so we have that nine week program and that's where we bring women in and help them get skills that they need uh, to enter the workforce. And then we help them through our connections get work in aviation and this is just the start of where we're going of i feel Mercury's. like you're not
1: mentioning something i mean unless <laughs> unless there's a typo on your website but i'm looking at elevateaviation.ca is the nine-week program is free
7: it is completely free what? yeah yeah it is free and lots of wraparound supports we've wrap- so so if people need help during that program if, if they need help with daycare if they need help with uh, groceries if they need help to pay some bills we have wraparound supports That so can this isn't your
1: average this. sort no. of uh career prep type course no like we're,
7: we're even like listening to the guests that you had on earlier like you know my heart is like those are the women that we want to reach but we you know we want to reach everybody but um bring them in and remove every single barrier that we can to make them successful because that's what women, like we get people that come in and say, okay, thank you for showing me, but now how do I do it? We want to not only show you how to do it, but give you every possible way to be successful. Just remove every barrier that we can.
1: So your brand is bang on the word elevate. Mm-hmm. That is a bang on mm-hmm. brand, isn't yeah. it?
7: Yeah. Who knew when we started it? I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah. But, yeah. I, I suspect it wasn't <laughs> accidental. So 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 who do you see like Nova, you must be surrounded. I mean I, I, I kinda I didn't realize the magnitude of what's being accomplished here. Um, you must be face to face with people in in some circumstances starting from square one. Uh, in other circumstances just full of ambition, ready to <laughs> rock maybe some who don't quite know why they're there but maybe they find their footing
8: yep absolutely again um, as Kendra mentioned we're kindergarten to career so we start talking to the kids at age five with our junior jets program and we love to see those wide-eyed um, impressions that they get when they see these various um, careers then of course our ace program our, our elementary to high school students coming in and the questions like the wonder that they have is so gratifying to see and we you know of course survey them at the beginning how much do you know and much like Cassara said oh we know about pilots we know about flight attendants do they know about aircraft brokers you know but when we start to we do this great whiteboard at the end and they start naming all of these um, careers that they've learned about over the week and it's just like Yes. And then, of course, our um, aviation readiness training, the first program is our West program, this Women's Employability Skills Training, where, um, yes, we do see women who are just some very lost, um, not sure what direction to go. And maybe they have heard Kendra on the radio or they've seen, you know, something on social media and they're tiptoeing their way in and asking some questions like, what is this all about? What will this get me? What will I learn? Like, who else is going to be in the room? But, you know, the biggest thing is creating the safe space for them to come in and explore and find out whether it's it's something for them or not. And the most beautiful thing about this program is that they can come in, the skills that they take away with them, even if they don't land in aviation, are invaluable to landing in another career.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, there, there's going to be a lot of talk today. And then that's the whole point of the UN pushing this out with, you know, International Women's Day, that digital theme like tech and innovation and in industries. I mean, what what's more innovative in tech than aviation, to be honest <laughs> with you? I mean, it's right up there, isn't it? Um, what was, uh, Sarah, what was the, what was kind of the personal impact for you? Like you said, you know, you're telling us, I, I just love how honest you are about it. You're like, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what this is about. You show up. Is this like nine weeks later, all of a sudden you've got a pretty focused or clear plan? Well,
5: like, to be honest, like, going into it, I was, like, honestly, my mom would just say, like, she pretty much had to drag me to the first day because I was, like, I don't know, like, what I'm getting myself into, like, nine weeks, like, sure, it's free, but, like, I had just... I don't know it was like a lot of pressure for me (laughs) in the beginning but then honestly going through it's like um to talk about like the equity that they kind of include in the program it's like they made sure that no matter who was there like all the girls they had like accommodations for whatever it was that they needed just to make sure that they could show up there like they provided computers and everything like that and Firstly, to just see like the length that like Kendra and Nova went to to make sure that all the ladies were like feeling welcomed and were able to participate no matter what it was that they were going through was just amazing just to be a part of it. But then also just going through it and uh, like Nova was saying, everything that we learned, regardless of aviation, just to build like even personal skills, like proper interview skills, like resume building, public speaking, just little things like that. It just puts you so much further ahead than you were before even if at the end aviation isn't what you want to do which of course it's like the the goal and it's amazing to learn all of these things but just going through it it's it's changed my life like yes, Sarah, i feel like i'll never be the same you didn't mention
8: typing club everybody's favorite typing club come on
5: typing club i actually really like typing club. i feel like i was the only one who liked the typing club i feel like everybody hated it but it improved my like productivity
8: on the computer at least like
1: 100%. Just learning how to type better. Yeah, right? quicker. Totally, a hundred percent. 100%.
8: It's not, doesn't mean that we want our women to be secretaries or anything. No, hey, can I tell you, you know, can I Digital tell you a little this is, this is when when someone, whenever
1: we play the game, the party game, and it's like, tell us something wild about you that nobody would ever know. Um, in 93 and 1994, you probably weren't even born yet. I
5: was born, um, born in 94.
1: 94. So the year you were born, I was crowned the Alberta Provincial High School Typing wow. Champion. There so you there you go. go at, a, at 106 words a minute. So there you go. But, no, but, but, but I, I find typing to be actually very cathartic. I love typing you know i love hammering out stuff on the keyboard
5: yeah it's funny that we talk about typing club because even for my mom too like (laughs) (laughs) because my mom's a little bit older than me (laughs) she's listening be careful
1: (laughs) (laughs) not that old
5: (laughs) but no she really lacked computer skills Mm -hmm. like really seriously and like now she's like confident on the computer she's putting together powerpoints and like little word documents and like she's typing she's like Look at me go! Look at me go! I'm like yes, you're killing yeah. it. She's
1: she's bouncing in her seat, talking about she like look look at the smile. Your right? face is gonna break from smiling.
5: Honestly, like Elevate, it just brings so much happiness to me. Like I can do nothing but just smile, just well, even talking about
1: it. Oh, you're you're the founder and <laughs> C- CEO, and what is, what does that even mean to you to hear that? Oh my gosh,
5: I get
7: so emotional every time we have graduations after every nine weeks, and they all cry. Everybody cries. You you know.
6: Oh yeah,
7: yeah. He, he's here. He goes.
1: <laughs> yeah. there. Is it okay, John? I didn't know. Yeah, yeah didn't. sure. Yeah. yeah.
6: Is that okay? Yeah. Johnny, you you've been working at their events. So I've been providing like the music and the sound for their graduations. Yeah. Um. And the first time I went there, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I knew it was a program for women to learn aviation, but I had no idea the effect it had on not only them and their families till I got there. And the first thing I did was text my partner Jatinder and say like. You know, if you ever want to change careers, come here <laughs> because every person's story, I mean, there's women who go up there and, and it's it's from the smallest thing, like like she said, learning typing all the way to like, I didn't talk to anyone before this. I didn't have any friends. I, I gained social skills. I gained this, that, it, like every person has a life changing story. And it's like, like you just said there, it's a free program so the work that kendra is doing like i'm getting emotional talking about I it can right tell now cuz i'm thinking about the women that went up there and h- how it affected yeah. me when i was there it's like it's not just a job to these women; it changes their lives. Or well, let itself. me
1: tell you about something. So Johnny and I, you know, we we've worked like about two hundred and fifty NHL games together. Uh, we've we've hosted, and 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 John's provided music and AV services and all these different things. We've worked hundreds of events, and so we'll come in here, like on Mondays, we'll we'll kind of recap with each other off air on the weekend, like how was your weekend? And he's he's been like spinning records for like fifteen hundred people here, yeah. and I've been hosting a gala for eight hundred people here, and it's like how was that? It's like fine. How was that? Good. How was that? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, and then I was like, How is the Elevate Aviation event? He's like, Dude, he like stands up, he's like, We got to get him on the show. He's like, This is unbelievable. He's like standing up, talking with his hands. I mean, it, it made I could tell, and we're well, not just we just, saying that because you're sitting here, like, I could tell it made it, this is why you're sitting here is because it made such a huge we, impact we need
6: more people you. to know about it because yeah. it's 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 life changing work that that is is. It is free if you want to. If you want to get out of the situation you're in, or if you like, like she's saying, like most people think they want to be a a stewardess, a flight attendant, whatever, or a pilot. But there's the, the women that go up there. They have so many other avenues they can take. It's just like, it's mind blowing how it can open up your 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 opportunities, right? Yeah, so. yeah. We've,
1: yeah. We've, okay. we've got some wisecrackers, by the way, in, in the live chat here. Everyone's trying to come up with your new slogans, like, elevate aviation, the sky's the limit. Oh, we see um,
5: all the time. We have someone
1: here saying that aircraft brokers have their ups and downs. Oh. Yeah, not bad, oh, not bad. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> Can I, so what are, what are some of the, you know, when you when you look at aviation sort of back in the day, even Johnny there, like the language, it was like stewardesses, now flight attendants. Mm-hmm. There's obviously male flight attendants, like there's male nurses, there's, there, you know, society's kind of catching up. But is there still, like if we're being honest and real, um, is there still that, that, Jen Reimer invoked the word patriarchy, does that still play into the fact like in the aviation industry, of course there are women pilots, but like is it still... You know, we look at certain industries, they're making gains, but it's not yeah, quite where it needs yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah you're What's trying your... to
7: get me in trouble. Well,
1: no, but I, I just want your honest <laughs> no, assessment. Okay. We, can, we can play
8: yeah. a guessing game. Yeah, How well, many, how many yeah. women pilots, what percentage of pilots do you think are women? Okay. Guessing I can, oh, here I we go. go. And okay. maybe, maybe, I don't know. Don't Google it. No, via, I'm gonna Google <laughs> it. Uh, no, I'm not going to Google it. No, anyone wants to guess. i
1: can say 8%. Lower. Is it lower? Really? What is it, like 5%? It's just under 7 7% of pilots are female. Yeah. Okay.
7: Okay. Aircraft maintenance engineers. Not
1: a guess. Uh, these are people turning wrenches. Yep. Uh, yep. I'm gonna say, oh gosh, I don't know, three percent.
7: Yeah, about it. that. It's it's between one and three, depending on
1: on where you lost. So one out of every yeah. hundred. Yeah. Engine.
7: How about how about uh, air traffic control?
1: Okay. Well, that My job. might be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I want to say thirty-five percent. Mm,
7: Seventeen. Seventeen percent.
1: Right, half. Yeah. Okay. Seventeen
7: percent. And and the thing is, um, like women can do these jobs. Women love these jobs. I was just in Winnipeg at the aircraft maintenance competition and uh, speaking to a group of aircraft maintenance. And I brought three women aircraft maintenance engineers with me for them to share their story of what it is like to be a woman in that part of our industry and it was a really good conversation I, I kind of braced everyone to say okay we're you know we're gonna be honest and real and this is a safe place for us all it's not an attack on men we never ever ever we love men I keep saying that we love men <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know we want to also be able to open up that conversation to say you know what is it like so if you're at a place at 17% it's gonna look a little bit different than the the two to three mm-hmm. percent um, but we still have a long way to go in the entire industry and not not just get women and help them but to help the industry because they desperately need people right now all across the industry and there's a whole half of the population that
8: aren't looking at this industry so we're trying to say hey hey come on in Mm. and I always say our strongest allies are the men Mm -hmm. so we're not about calling out but calling in so we need the men to understand you know what difference they can make in the workplace Mm -hmm. for it to be a better place for women to be able to thrive 100%. 100%.
7: We have a program that does that as well for yes. companies.
8: <laughs> is that right? Yeah, we yeah. do. So yeah. you work with
7: what, like airlines it, and yeah, things like well, that? well, so Nova runs our allies in the workplace, so I'll, I'll throw it over to
8: you. Yeah, sure. Like throw- so again, we um, truly believe that as we're preparing all these women and telling them how incredible the aviation industry is, getting them ready to get out there and getting that job, we also have a responsibility to make those places that they're moving into safe spaces. So we have our allies in the workplace project, and um, we do work with companies right now. We're working with the Winnipeg Airport Authority and. Canadian North. And we go in, we do an audit of their organization, their policies, procedures. We help them set up a DEIA steering committee. We give them terms of reference. So we really try to help them um, create spaces that are better for Everyone. So we really mm-hmm. talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And um, again, making sure that we're not calling out, but calling into the conversation. It's a really different approach around that.
7: Yeah. It's about culture change. Yes. It's not about just women. It's it right. about culture change, and yes. ma- making the workplace better for everybody. everyone. Yeah. That's right.
1: Um, looking at ElevateAviation.ca, you've got this mentorship program too. How mm-hmm. important is that? Oh my
7: gosh. That's what that's what starts. So the Elevate started with a calendar. Uh, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro at the Rolex Hospital. Oh. And I convinced the air traffic controllers that I worked with to do a calendar we did this little spoof on uh, air traffic control Um, and then uh, the next thing we basically did was it started a mentorship program long story but started a mentorship program so we have a military mentorship program I'm an honorary colonel in the military so the military is very important To me. Um, And we have a civilian mentorship program and that is all across Canada. And we have other programs. We have a cross country tour that started off this week across Canada where we're bringing uh, kids in all across the country for the next two weeks. So we're bringing them in. Um, And uh, we we have speaking engagements. We have volunteers. We have ambassadors in every province and territory across the country. Uh, it really is a, across Gala. Canada. our Inspire Gala yep. yeah we, we bring in we feature eight women every year uh, you'll be going this
6: year
1: I think that's the one <laughs> that, <laughs> that I, yeah, right? I think you and I are going to talk about that I think that that's the one that knock like Johnny socks up <laughs> yeah um, and, and we, we could do a whole round table on the experience of women in the military uh, that's something mm-hmm. that they've obviously been talking about and that's a real issue mm-hmm. across Canada right now it's nice to at least see it being taken seriously yeah mm-hmm. uh, or right, let me ask let me not make that as a mm-hmm. as a definitive statement is in your estimation is it being taken seriously some the culture issues that we've seen in in the canadian forces from what you see
7: well yeah i can only answer from what i see everyone has their own experience sure um from what i see and the conversations that i'm in there are definitely conversations that are that things are being taken seriously and and again i know everyone has their own experiences around that but but from my conversations that i'm in there there's there's Everybody wants
1: it to change. I appreciate you taking mm-hmm. that question. Um, sorry, I would imagine like looking around your class over the nine weeks. Did you make, uh, you know, as we would say, like it sounds elementary. Did, did you make any new friends? But like did, <laughs> you must have you must have encountered some other people with similar stories that were. Um,
5: everybody's story was completely different. And that was, I think, like on our very first day, I remember I will never forget what it was that we went through. It was like a little workshop about how um, we may like look different and we may think we're all different but at the end of the day like we're pretty much all the same like what we value what we want in life like things that we enjoy what we love to do so that was like one exercise because I like went in there I'm like I'm so different than everybody like and then just that first day we're like actually you may think you're different but you're more similar than you you are like different anyways I don't know what I'm trying to say there but um in terms of making friends with the girls like it was such a unique group of ladies and we all came together and I think we'll just be in touch with each other forever. Like we still have a group chat. I texted them all today. I'm like, okay, watch the podcast. Like, and we just lift each other up because I feel like going through it, we needed each other. Like it was very emotional journey for a lot of us too. So, Going through it, like, I think in the end, I was just, like, telling the girls, it's, like, no matter what, we can always stay in touch. Well, we try to go for coffee sometimes. We went bowling a couple weeks ago just because um I think it would be too much for us to, like, d- go through it together and then just never say anything to each other ever again. Totally. So th-
7: <laughs> Some of them are newcomers to Canada as well in our yeah. program, right, that you, you get to know.
5: Yeah. Um. There was a lady from the Ukraine, and she literally was, I think, in Canada, like, one week before she started the... The elevate aviation program so it's like just being in touch with all the ladies was so important for I think every single one of us and like I'm always, like I'm always texting them to like how are you making sure you're all good like we're yeah. like especially because I did it with my mom too like I have to say that like <laughs> that's so cool
1: is that a first <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 I
5: was shocked when I went in the classroom to meet them all in the first week I was like
7: but what what do you mean this is your mom that's so, uh, yeah.
5: cool. so cool it was it was fun I think- doing it with my mom honestly it made us so much closer together and like we became like the mom and the daughter of the group. So it just kind of was like this, I don't know. It was kind of funny. Like me and my mom were like, kind of be like, mom, Plus where you, are you? Are you? You had to keep doing? it between the lines.
1: Your mom That's was right. keeping an eye on you the whole time, right? <laughs> Actually pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Straight and narrow, just like the runway. Uh, <laughs> I all do, right. I was
8: going to say though, I do think that was one of the unexpected outcomes that we had from the program was the camaraderie and that network of women um, that was built. And I heard so many times in that room of how, a lot of women had poor experiences with other women and they felt like they were always in competition with each other and that, you know, they would always tear each other down. And it was sort of their first experience in a room full of women that would lift each other up. There was absolutely
5: none, like there was no mean vibes. Like everybody was just there to better themselves. And then you can't, you can't bring people down i i feel like when you're trying to be better yourself and like yeah like nova said oh my gosh like we just loved each other and we uplifted each other and it's like nobody was different like we were all the same and like nobody was judgmental and like i think that was just mm-hmm. one of the most magical things was like yeah like nova was saying <laughs> like sometimes being in a group like workplace full of women there can be like a lot of judgment or like i don't know just mean catty behavior i guess it was just there's none of that like <laughs> at all and i think we all just loved each other like that uh, was just i don't know it yeah. was magical for i love me. you <laughs> <laughs> look what you built,
0: look what you built. Uh, with That's the team though no, with the you know, team just no. always,
1: course, it, it's always like, of course with the team i have but like, an
7: incredible incredible team
1: <laughs> your yeah. story you yeah. know i mean just even your story to bring it back to where this conversation started like running away at 13 navigating the foster care system for a lot of people um you know, tragically, uh, statistically, there's not a lot of, well, you don't see a lot of CEOs, quite frankly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you do see some, but uh, mm-hmm. even your personal story, absolutely remarkable. I can't let that fly under the radar
7: <laughs> without
1: uh, without noting that. it's. I mean, it's just three people around this table uh, doing incredible things. Maybe one day I'll be able to afford a plane. And if I do, I'll come straight to you. (laughs) I got you. I don't know if we'll be able to afford you by then, but we'll see. Um, That's Kassara Nash. She's a graduate of Elevate Aviation uh, under the tutelage of the director of the Learning Center there, which is Nova Andrews, who's also been joining us. And, of course, the founder and CEO, uh, Kendra Kincaid, joining us in studio at Elevate Aviation. Aviation.ca uh, on International Women's Day, right here, a conversation we will not soon forget. Thanks for making time for us. Thank
7: you for having us. Yeah,
1: you got it. Uh, Real talkers, you can check out ElevateAviation.ca today. I guarantee people. I, I can say with confidence, this is a really engaged audience. You're gonna. You, I hope that you're you're prepared <laughs> for what's gonna happen here because there's gonna be a lot of interest. Call and, us. Yeah, give them Call a shout. Us. Like we say, we've got uh, a check a huge, them out online.
8: Amazing team behind the scenes that yeah. are doing all the heavy lifting. So cool. So we're ready for it. So yeah.
1: cool. I love it. And To hear that industries there too there's a lot of jobs we talk a lot about a lot of industries i hate to say it um but journalism is an example uh Mm -hmm. where we we want the brightest uh young talent to be to be entering that industry and we understand the importance of storytelling but at the same time you're also like oh and like jobs are shriveling up and outlets are closing down and you're expected to do twice the amount of work for Mm -hmm. half the pay that you used to get well, here, you're saying aviation needs people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so that's an amazing opportunity for, mm-hmm. for folks. Again, elevateaviation.ca. Thanks to the three of you. Thank you. Thank you. I really Thank appreciate you so it. Again, this uh, Real Talk Roundtable is presented by our friends at Urban Timber, just one of the many sponsors that, that keep this show going every single day. That also includes Complete Care Restoration. They're the ones that built our studio. They helped us navigate some issues. It's an older warehouse, required a whole lot of soundproofing. They did a beautiful job there at CompleteCareRestoration.ca I can also speak from first-hand experience. The team at Complete Care, well, they understand what it takes to get a job done right. And so, when we told them we needed to tweak this or we needed to fix that, they were there to make sure that the vision was rolling out exactly how we needed it. I can give you two thumbs up on Complete Care Restoration. I know it sucks when the basement floods. I know it's brutal. If you ever experience such Something like a house fire. But if that is the case, you let your insurance company know you want to deal with complete care restoration. At Eden Landscaping, for more than 20 years, Mike and his team have been allowing outdoor spaces to come to life through tapping into your vision and then applying their expertise. It is a totally custom experience. And you know a lot of business that Eden Landscaping takes care of every spring, summer, into the fall? It's problem solving. A lot of times they'll have a client come to them and say we had to fire our landscape contractor halfway through or we told these guys to take off because they're not solving our irrigation or drainage problem we're not happy with exactly the way they're approaching the job mike and his team solve problems if you need your landscape related problem solved look no further than eden landscaping at landscapeedmonton.ca Hey, we're spending a lot of time talking about STEM today, right? Science, tech, engineering, mathematics. This is right in the wheelhouse of Apex Automation. And you wanna talk about industries with a lot of promise? Uh, A lot of promise on the employment side, on the opportunity side. Apex Automation is hiring right now. Technologists, uh, automation professionals, of course, professional engineers. They're hiring people from not just across Canada, but around the world, tripling the size of their team Over just the past few years, go to apexautomation.ca to learn more about what sets them apart from opening field offices, from constructing workshops, bringing in their clients for training on hardware and software before it's implemented on actual job sites. Across industry, Apex Automation is raising the bar they're hiring right now at apexautomation.ca. Also wanted to give a big shout-out to our friends at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. Of course, you know Dairy Queen has their monthly Blizzard specials. You know that they've got other food items on feature right now, including that chicken basket I've been telling you about, the Sauced and Tossed Honey Barbecue Glazed Chicken Strip Basket. The one thing about DQ Chicken, it's all tenderloin. None of the other guys can say that. The DQ Chicken is done differently. And you can pick yours up today. Absolutely beautiful with those crispy fries or the DQ onion rings and dipping sauce at the Dairy Queens in Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount and Baseline Road. And before we get to a feature video we're looking forward to showing you, I wanted to remind you that coming up on Friday of this week, another edition of Trash Talk. That's your chance to blow off a little steam in an email to talk at ryanjesperson.com. It's presented as always by our friends at Local environmental services in Alberta and Saskatchewan. They're managing garbage and recycling services for businesses, retail locations, restaurants, big, huge malls and hotels, all the way down to the independent ma and pa shops. It's different when you do business with local because they believe that communities And their partners deserve better. To figure out what that means, you can request a quote today. Save money on this line item. We know that that matters to every business, regardless of size, by visiting localenvironmental.ca. Every Wednesday, we have a chance to head out to Jasper, right? To to just sort of detach ourselves from the news cycle and to remember that sort of restorative element that comes with filling your lungs with mountain air. It's My Jasper Memories, and it's presented by our friends at Tourism Jasper. And this week, we want to remind you that spring break looming is a perfect time to get the family back out to Jasper. You can check out jasper.travel for more on everything that we're about to talk about here, including the world-class accommodations that are in store. Again, jasper.travel is the website you want to check out. Of course, spring break is a great opportunity to still enjoy. We'll call it like that shoulder season, right? The ponds are still frozen at this point. So if you're looking for a fun or unique idea as parents, maybe caregivers, maybe grandparents to make some great memories with your kids. Why not play pond hockey with amazing views? Everybody loves the indoor rinks. Trust me, me too. Uh, But skating just hits different when the boards are snow drifts. when, When you're skating out on one of the Jasper ponds. Uh, You know, the banners instead of the banners and the big ads that you see in the hockey rinks. No, you're surrounded by mountain peaks. Jasper just hits different. You can, of course, finish off that experience on either Lake Mildred or Pyramid Lake with groomed outdoor ovals, rentals available nearby on both, and then finish the experience with hot chocolate around the fire. There's also a chance to make furry friends on a historical trappers route uh, for dog loving families you can have them you can't have a more unforgettable experience ask anybody that's been pulled behind a team of alaskan huskies cold fire creek dog sledding leads young mushers through a beautiful wind wilderness that was once home to trappers and prospectors take a trip back in time this spring break in jasper and then of course make sure you head to the ski hill. We spoke recently about how family-friendly Marmot Basin is. Well, there's the private lessons. You can split those between multiple family members. A good range of route difficulties as well. The layout makes it less likely that tots are going to get separated or lost since all routes converge back at the same place. That's huge. It's also worth mentioning that that if you are going to be coming out to Jasper for spring break and maybe the adults are looking for dinner by themselves, maybe a date night, My Jasper Nanny provides highly recommended expert nannies that will care for the kids. We have hired them before ourselves. Your kid gets an adventure and you get a moment to breathe. Everybody returns happier and more able to make happy memories together. There is no destination like Jasper for spring break. Again, you can check out jasper.travel for more. On this International Women's Day, we wanted to show you a video that's been produced by an Edmonton-based group, Hoopla Media. Um, They say, you know, you're going to see a lot of inspiring content about women today, big and little brands, governments, nonprofits, startups, Fortune 500 companies. Uh, Many organizations will get in on International Women's Day, making public commitments about their work to celebrate, empower, and respect women. But There's still work to be done. Check this out.
8: You, little one, are going to have every opportunity to do what you want, to speak up about what you want, to dance, to drive, to fly, to succeed. You are going to have every opportunity to be who you want to be, what you want to be, because there is
3: nothing in your way.
1: And cut. Okay, good. I think we got it there, but let's uh, do a few more for safety. So just that backlighting, I want to see a little bit more of a halo effect. The video goes on Uh, to say, we tell our girls they can accomplish anything, but are we keeping our promises behind the scenes? They encourage you to check out the hashtag #EmbraceEquity. That video was produced by the team at Hoopla Media. That's Amy and Colleen who who point out that their every opportunity campaign believes that starting somewhere can be as simple as looking a little more closely at who is in the room. Uh, They're asking, are we living up to the promises that we're making to our little girls by following through with actions? When we talk in particular about the theme for International Women's Day today, digital equity in tech and innovation industries. Here are some statistics we want to leave you with today. We heard some in the airline industry. That was a real wake-up call. Mm -hmm. But did you know that only 27, Johnny, this is unbelievable, 27% of the STEM workforce is women, like just over one in four, Mm -hmm. okay, in science and tech. How about when it comes to actual storytelling? In the top Two hundred and fifty grossing movies in twenty twenty two. The top two hundred and fifty. Ninety-three percent had no women cinematographers, ninety-one percent had no women composers, eighty percent no women directors, seventy-five percent no women editors, and seventy percent no women writers. So Amy and Colleen at Hoopla encourage us all today and every other day, consider who is in the room with you. Let's flip the script. For our girls. We appreciate that. Mm -hmm. You can check out more of what they're doing at hooplamedia.ca and view the work that they're doing.
6: Yeah. And it's more like today, everyone talks about equality, equality. And then you have those (laughs) riffle raffles who are like, there is equality. It's more about, like we're talking about here, it's about including women at every table, right? And uh, making sure those tables are diverse. I, uh, (laughs) you know, as they're talking here, these elevate. Women who are just incredible. I'm thinking about the last flight I took, which I thought I was going to die, and not because of the pilot, because it was during the wildfires in Kelowna, and it was from Kelowna back or Edmonton back to Kelowna, the last time I flew that way, um, and it was the last flight before they closed the Kelowna airport for almost 48 hours, which is unprecedented, right? <laughs> unprecedented. Uh, and uh, we were flying into what looked like hell, literally into red glowing smoke. That obviously causes turbulence. Obviously in the summer when it's humid and hot, that's when you get more turbulence. Nighttime flying. It was the scariest flight I've ever had in my life. And when the cockpit opened and we got off, it was a woman pilot standing there. And everyone applauded. And it was just, it just kind of blew my mind because you always just assume it's a man flying. I think you have that kind of stereotype in your head. And I said, you know, in my head when we landed, I was like, thank God, because it was the scariest flight of my life. And uh, I just I just looked and immediately I thought, like, we still have these stereotypes ingrained in us.
1: Yeah, a friend of mine, she's a a very skilled surgeon uh, here in Edmonton, and she told me about an experience uh, just a short while ago. She walked into a room and started talking to the patient and the patient's family, and they said, if you don't mind, we're just going to wait till the doctor gets here. Yeah, She, she goes, well, like, I am the doctor. Yeah, you know what I mean? start the conversation. Just these kind of preconceived notions. And right? I'll
6: say one more thing. I've seen a lot of posts already. I was, you know, as the interview's going on, I'm looking online and everyone's putting up their posts. Don't just post about your mother and your sister or your daughter today. I get that those women can be very inspiring in a lot of people's lives. Some of them have been through hell. Some of them are, are you know, CEOs like Kendra. But find someone like Kendra who's not directly linked to you that you can push today, that you can show people is uh, an exception to the rule, like Kendra, like you were talking about, went through adversity, CEO of her own company, helping other women get into industry. Because I feel like, and I don't want to diss those people who are, clearly they're going to be all over Instagram today, posting, my mom's an inspiration, my daughter's an inspiration. That is great. We have Mother's Day. We have... Their birthday Christmas to, to, to give them all that love and respect. I see your face right now. Maybe you don't agree. Like, Carrie, I know your wife. No, very no, man. inspirational I'm just, I'm not woman. Into, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I want to see people posting about people they're not directly connected to that inspire them who are women.
1: There you right. go. Yeah. I love it. What a show today. Uh, an inspiring group of people. We want to hear what you took away from this. Talk at ryanjesperson.com is where you can find us. Of course, you can use our hashtag RealTalkRJ. RJ. Thanks to everybody who helped us hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube yesterday. We'd love for you to join that group. Hit like and subscribe and share this interview or this show with people, the live studio audience loves it, uh, with people who you think uh, the content might resonate with. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk to journalist Moira White, and she's been doing work for the Thai E. Her story on health benefits and savings in a new free contrast plan that the province of bc is rolling out plus she did a fact check on that legal cocaine story moira will bring us up to speed on that and we're going to talk to grand prairie's mayor jackie clayton about why she thinks it's the best move for her city to get its own police force away from the rcmp that's coming up on thursday's real talk we'd love to see you there
0: Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson, Executive Producer Josh Dunford, Technical Producer John Hicks, General Manager Katie Cook Chivers, Account Coordinator Lawrence Durlego. Human Resources Lena Shepard. Website Design Mike Johnston, VoiceOver by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Sapria Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandy Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson.